Hello everyone. First off, thanks again for joining us for another exciting episode on the Caramel Apples Podcast. I'm Kennedy Rizzo. And I'm Cooper Lee. This week, we're going to be talking about Jim and the Holograms and how this most cherished retro cartoon influenced, impacted, and entranced so many back during that sparkling era that was truly outrageous. So without further ado, let's slide on into the orchard. It's showtime, Synergy. excited to to go back for a little bit to revisit one of our most favorite cartoons and that is Jim. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Words cannot explain how excited. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this cartoon really was more than a cartoon. It was a whole animated world created for us young impressionable minds with very 80 specific markers. That ignited our imaginations. That it did, Cooper. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jim was the absolute best. (laughs) He was. This sparkling retro Jim really is so pivotal to shaping so much of our outlook, hopes, and dreams of what we wanted out of life. (laughs) We were able to do just that and live that endeavor effortlessly by faithfully watching shows like Jim. We were fans. (laughs) (laughs) like so many many other girls at that time the world over Uh uh-huh so just saying we were fans is not even doing what this really was justice (laughs) it is quite the understatement (laughs) oh you said it coop and and we can hardly contain the excitement we're experiencing right now (laughs) in preparation of discussing the many fascinating elements of this retro gem Ready to dive in? Beyond ready, Kennedy. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So Jim was an awesome animated musical television series that debuted in 1985 through 1988, running for three glorious seasons. The thrust of the series is about a multi-business owner, mogul, most notably a record company mogul named Jerrica Benton, Mm -hmm. along with her alter ego, Jim and the adventures of her band. That of Jim and the Holograms. <laughs> this cartoon was a joint creative project vision by the well-known Hasbro Sunbow Productions, as well as Marvel Productions. Jim was created by Christy Marks. Thanks, Christy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thanks, Christy. <laughs> animation mostly was carried out by Japanese animation studio, Toye Animation. That was something else I remember well, you know, and admired about these retro memories. The production collaborations of Hasbro and Sunbow Productions and Marvel, they were also responsible for Transformers. (laughs) Ever heard of them? (laughs) Let me see. (laughs) There's another one you might not know. G.I. Joe. (laughs) Oh, Oh, my brain fails me again. (laughs) <laughs> That's another new one too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> right? 
<laughs> oh, the animation had a very familiar signature and how the characters spoke, walked, etc. Uh-huh. It had that very state-of-the-art animation that we've come to easily recognize, know, and love. For the 80s, it was quite edgy, state-of-the-art tech for those times specific. And I absolutely love and miss that minor detail or feature. Me too. <laughs> yeah, as you said, Coop, it was state-of-the-art animation back in the day. Yeah. But it's that same fond familiarity that makes it so warmly sensitive and nostalgic for us now. Mm-hmm. This work of art and all of its combined components really did its due diligence in what it set out to do. And that would spark our imaginations and took us places. It was the story it stemmed from. Mm-hmm. The characters and the, the varied personalities, the songs, the vibrant colors of the 80s. All of it. All of it. <laughs> everything to not only entertain the many fans it garnered, but it really had it, that it factor that drew us in. Oh, I agree. And and just like so much else in the way of entertainment back then, more often than not, we tune into something and really organically enjoyed it. Sure did. Yeah. I mean, this was a cartoon and it did just that and beyond. Mm -hmm. Here, a cartoon was fully entertained us literally way better than some of these shows and blockbuster (laughs) films try to do now (laughs) and so often (laughs) fail. (laughs) Sorry, the truth hurts people, right? (laughs) Blockbusters? Mm. (laughs) Supposed blockbusters, they're hardly such a thing anymore. Right? But I, you know, I do digress. Jim had a better story and plot than, like I said, some of the current stuff going. Mm -hmm. Jim highlighted the life adventures of one Jerrica Benton owner. And manager of Starlight Music, two, Jim, her alter ego rocker, and three, her totally outrageous band, The Holograms. Oh, yeah. So how did Jerrica manage to transform into Jim so effortlessly? It's showtime synergy. (laughs) (laughs) So by way of her key Jim star earrings, she would say this ever nostalgic phrase and synergy a secret but key creation of Jerrica's father would turn her into Jim. Mm-hmm. This would also play out if a hologram of some sort appeared in order to create an aversion or to save the moment of one of their many adventures whenever Jim was finished. Mm-hmm. She'd utter the famous words, shows over synergy. <laughs> so since synergy was so pivotal to the whole storyline for Jim, let's briefly talk about synergy how she came about, and who she represented. Okay, so Jerrica's parents were Emmett and Jackie Benton, but her mother Jackie passed away. So as a bit of Apple info, did you know that Jackie Benton died in a plane crash in the late 70s, which led to the creation of Synergy, and consequentially, Jim and the Holograms? Hmm, uh, would that make Jerrica and her bandmates Gen Xers, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that's an affirmative, so go on. <laughs> her father, Emmett, created a holographic computer synergy and the likeness of her mother, Jackie. 
in order to guide and be a mother-like figure to Jerrica. And this was bequeathed to her after her father, Emmett, passed away. Oh. Yeah. Synergy was the ultimate audiovisual entertainment synthesizer. So 80s. (laughs) 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 Which was powered by a most special pair of star earrings that contained remote micro projectors. Pretty cool, huh? Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like you said, that whole synthesizer bit is so totally 80s. (laughs) (laughs) You were spot on with that, Coop. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, not only could she command and change her look at will via these special keepsake earrings, but she could also project holograms around her in order to provide protection as needed. Mm -hmm. Um avoid danger, and to summon up special effects for the hologram's performances. Fun fact. Synergy was completely capable of her own thoughts, which is ultra cool. It's, uh, that's interesting, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was originally housed in the Starlight Drive-In. Later, she was moved to Starlight Mansion. So, as we well know, many important things about this show... And also one of our favorite cartoon rock star characters ever. Oh, yeah. Jim, by the name, almost did not come to be. Fun fact. Initially, our title, star, and main character was going to be named M. M stood for the big three components that Jim stood for. Music, magic, and mystique. Okay. The main concern for not going this route was to avoid copyright problems with MTV. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that sounds like it was a smart move. (laughs) (laughs) You know, being how MTV was huge at that time in pop culture. Yeah. um, You know, really something like this could have gotten the show into uncharted waters. Mm Mm-hmm. MTV was the very essence of pop culture at that time. Let's not even play around. (laughs) Spot on, Kennard. And I almost failed to mention that M also stood for Misty. So Jim's name would have been Misty and Jerrica was to be Morgan. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Not bad names, but thank goodness they looked beyond that and went with Jerrica and Jim Engel. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right right you know and both of those m names they were pretty names mm-hmm. but actually the ones that we've come to know and love sound much more plot appropriate since you know we are talking about a hardcore 80s rocker star yeah 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 i mean i don't know jim it just sounds like that <laughs> like what you hear so far make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now, back to the show. get into the rest of the members uh that of the holograms okay so we have jerica's sensitive younger sister kimber aka kimber dini uh we have aja lace shana elmsford so aja shana and kimber all played instruments in the band 
Aja played guitar. Shayna played her very cool 80s <laughs> synth drums. <laughs> yes. And Kimber played her keyboard and here's another 80s thing. Keytar. <laughs> <laughs> It'll date you every time. <laughs> it sure will. <laughs> so that's right. And with the last thought of Kimber playing her keytar, Back to the M reference, this is why the headstock of her guitar is an M. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, this is also crazy nostalgic. It really puts us in mind of a better time when our imaginations were wild and through the roof. Mm-hmm. We hung out with our girl squad. <laughs> <laughs> Look into investing into getting one of those. <laughs> Not a bad idea. <laughs> so we can really annoy our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> you know, remember we pretend that we were and our friends were Jim and the holograms. I do. <laughs> Shamelessly. <laughs> Jim and the holograms were literally like sisterhood. So, fun fact, not only were Jim and the Holograms good friends and beloved band members, they actually were sisters. hmm Which we, the fans, picked up on through the played-out camaraderie. hmm As we know already that Jerrica and Kimber were actually fleshly sisters, but Shayna and Aja were both the adopted foster sisters of the Benton girls. So, they, in essence, were all literally sisters. <laughs> totally love and connected that spin on the story oh totally yeah because it just seemed right and so familiar mm-hmm. um, all those components this is why we were fans you know all these components worked mm-hmm. so it worked for them and that carried over really to how our girl squad at the time navigated through our personal adventures <laughs> <laughs> because wasn't this the truth we weren't just friends we were sisters. Oh, absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> Missed those times. <laughs> I know. And it was an animated show, or rather treasure, that contained positive moral messages. That's yet another thing I missed, not only from this animated series, um, but from most TV shows, movies back then. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There were always hidden gems, pun intended. Uh-huh. <laughs> good one, good one. We didn't go with the apple spin that time. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> and morsels of wisdom baked into each and every episode presented. Positive messages and lessons learned that helped us kids coming up at that time to really think about things. Mm-hmm. Common sense was encouraged along with treating others with mutual respect and such. Again, these kinds of themes baked into so much of entertainment back then is something I really do miss. Yeah. It's way different now, unfortunately. Kids up and coming need more of this. You know what you're talking about more than ever now. Mm-hmm. Um, we learned to recognize and implement values in our lives, which was key in my humble opinion. Yeah. So now that we've briefly laid out the key elements of Jim and the Holograms, the good side, 
What or who then represent the troublemakers, the rivals? <laughs> <laughs> so this brings us to the other rebel girl rocker group, that of the Misfits. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so the Misfits were uh, comprised of the ever-screeching, cold-hearted Pizzazz, <laughs> then tough-acting Roxy, and then the sweeter natured one um, with a conscience, and that was Stormer. Uh-huh. Uh, speaking of Pizzazz, which starts with the letter P, of course, do you remember what her real non-stage name is? Uh, Phyllis. <laughs> <laughs> It was Phyllis. <laughs> Correct. Uh, and what did, like, anytime somebody called her that, she'd screech in dismay. And, <laughs> like, she would protest on how much she hated anyone calling her by her God-given name. <laughs> she did. It was Phyllis Gabor. It was a full-on tantrum every time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because so, she was also a spoiled brat. Uh-huh. And so she was prone to these fits of anger if things didn't go her way. She was. <laughs> Fun fact. Pizzazz, a.k.a. Phyllis, <laughs> <laughs> is Hungarian-American. Oh. They, along with their conniving, shady business manager, Eric Raymond, oh, um, was a constant probing problem for Jerrica and Starlight Music. Did you know, as greedy, shady, and manipulative as Eric was, he actually was half-owner, music executive of Starlight Music before the untimely death of Emmett Benton. Mm -hmm. But soon after his death, Eric stopped at nothing to gain back full control as his goal and main focus of Starlight Music. The reason why he wanted it so badly is because Emmett Benton left half of the company to Eric. And then the other half to Jerrica, which in his greed, he wants the whole kit and caboodle. <laughs> yes. Like, that <laughs> literally is why he got up every morning. Some people are really like that, too. I know. That's the scary part, right? <laughs> too, too many people are like that. <laughs> so this realistic Eric guy actually created the Misfits and became their CD manager in the attempt to oust Jerrica from her stock of the deal. But the opposite actually happened. Uh-oh. Yeah. Eric loses his half of Starlight Music, forms Misfit Music, then to Singer Sound, which he signed the other rocker band on, introduced at that time, oddly enough, named The Stingers. This introduction presented a couple of problems within the show's flow and storyline. The Stingers were yet another band presented by Eric Raymond as more direct competition for Jim and the Holograms. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondly, the lead singer, Rory Llewellyn, a.k.a. Riot, <laughs> <laughs> he ignites romantic interest in Jim and pursues her relentlessly. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so the big uh-oh issue with that is that Jerrica slash Jim was already involved with Rio Pacheco. Hmm. Complicate things much? (laughs) (laughs) There's such a big storyline here. 
It's it's awesome though, isn't it? It is. <laughs> I mean, they just invited us kids into this world and we loved it. Better than the stuff today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yes, it did complicate things. But you know, you think of the love triangle theme or scenario, this is where things get a bit weird and complicated because Rio digs Jem and feels mm-hmm. a at liberty to pursue her right yeah yeah but rio naturally is jealous and uncomfortable with that because not only is he uh crushing hard on jim well just because he is (laughs) (laughs) the guy (laughs) he also serves as jim and the holograms road manager and engineer so Even this added angle may add fuel to the jealousy fire because he plays a key role in a lot of the professional decisions and handles issues for the band of a technical nature. Okay. Yeah. Fun fact, Rio also had a bond with Aja while growing up due to their mutual shared interest in technology. Another hidden triangle, perhaps? Sweet. But, you know, Rio probably feels that they're kind of his in a sense, since uh, so much rides on how he advises, guides, and supports the girls um, in their particular professional uh, careers and endeavors. But like you stated, he's friends with them, too. Yeah. So that more raw personal connection, no doubt, flares up more than he realizes when an outside over entity tries to breach the sacredness of each facet and levels of their connection. <laughs> Probably especially Jim, I'd say. <laughs> and in a sense, it's like, buzz off, Buzzy. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I remember well as we watched the series. Rio's involvement and such. Yeah. Yeah. Rio was cool, but as you described, boy, did he ever have a personality. And hot-tempered. <laughs> <laughs> And because of this, this concerned Jerrica so, so much that Jerrica remained reluctant to come clean to Rio that she was Jim in fear of having Rio feeling, you know, deceived by the whole charade. Uh-huh. <laughs> so this right here was played out in both the song and video uh, entitled Deception. Ah, yes. <laughs> the videos. Oh. <laughs> it was so MTV for kids. <laughs> And we love them for it. <laughs> yes. So this is absolutely good stuff. And as Kimber would say, truly outrageous. Oh, that it is. But, you know, although we've enjoyed discussing this exciting animated gem, pun intended, <laughs> <laughs> this week, um, there's so much more to talk about. So stay tuned. Join us again next week for part two of Gem. You won't want to miss this. Show's over, Synergy. So that's it for this week's episode. But next time, we'll be talking about more outrageous memories coming up in Gem Part 2. So stay tuned. You won't want to miss this. We so appreciate your support. Subscribe to make sure you don't miss a beat and be ready to revisit more memorable, fun archives and better times. Same time, same place, and the Retro Orchard. You just experienced the Caramel Apples podcast, where the topic is rarely about apples. Bye. Bye.